are not millennials. We are matured. Brought up on collaboration as an art form, delivered as value. It cracks me up every time I hear this. Hello, Steve. Hello, Moraine. Ah, what a splendid intro. It makes me all warm and cuddly, just like Whiskey Will have later on. Can you remember the first one we had? The first one I put together just from a few background tracks. The first intro music. And then we actually had our professional musician do one, which really got us going. And then we had him redo it. 50 was it 50 50 i think yeah 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 so then uh, so now we have the same guy but he built us another track so now we're gonna have to think about what to do in 13 23 we'll, episodes time hmm, like a symphonic orchestra we'll, we'll, we'll get the whole thing <laughs> yeah i was actually what uh, re-watching uh the Lord of the Rings this week, and I was that, just that's amazed unbelievable because how we've been rewatching the Hobbit series really? these last week. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, go on. You were saying oh, amazing. No, amazing how the the music just comes to life in this uh, in this movie. It's just awesome. It makes everything, doesn't it? I remember yeah. I remember going to see the Alien films mm. at the cinema when they first came out, and uh, Robert, a, a really good friend of mine, actually is such a good friend. I haven't seen him for twenty odd years, um, but I yeah put him on the list. Um, but uh, we kind of got into these alien movies. So when the third one came out and we kind of analyzed it and we came to the conclusion that, yes, it makes you jump because this yeah, fucking alien jumps out of yeah. a cupboard. But it's down to the dynamics of the music, I, you know, and it sets the scene, the fear oh, that, you know, and yeah. then... It's been so long since I've seen those movies. I can't even remember what kind of music. Oh. Was, but I need to put those on my list. Well, Sarah, my beautiful daughter, she's she. Uh, most of her playlists are all th- uh, are all film music. Nice. She's just, okay. and it's amazing actually when you pull the music out of the movies, how good it is, how really good it is. Yeah. So yeah, so, but you're right about the music. It was neat. The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. That's such an old one as well. It's the first one they did. I know, but it they kind of keep up. I mean, it was it was very crazy on on CGI back in the day, like 15 years ago when they came out and it's still pretty okay well yeah if you see it right now there's a great story for the hobbit one um where uh they did a whole bunch of social stuff when they first launched them and brought them out and there's the scene when they they go into the misty mountains and the trolls are in there paid by that wonderful les patterson australian actor who plays the big king the big wobbly one you know with the lovely way yeah but uh, i remember him saying it was a thursday morning and he wanted to try and build this scene up a little bit, okay? So it's Australian time. So he, he goes back to um, Abbey Road Studios where the orchestra is sitting there and he tells them, I need this kind of music that's going to build up this kind of thing there. So they record it in London, okay? Mm. He is in New Zealand editing it down. He goes to his CGI guys and goes, I need some machines built, okay? Because I think these trolls will have you know, these kind of catapulty, stretchy, torturing kind of machines. So on this scene here, I want a, a machine that will run down that thing and then fall off the edge of the rock. And by Thursday afternoon, the music was done, transmitted to New Zealand. The CGI was done. The machine was in place. And that 15-second scene was all cut, ready for the film. Awesome. And imagine spending 50 <laughs> days doing that. And whenever you, whenever you saw any of these clips, he always had a cup of tea in his hand and he's sitting on a sofa. You know, they just made, like you and I are in this room now, and we've got yeah. the mixing desk and all that kind of stuff. So, yes, he's quite cool. Yeah. I wonder if his tagline would be on Thursday morning, I love it when a plan comes together. It could well be, but it was great to watch, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. yes, but I, I was telling you, I was watching The Hobbit, which was made after Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we talked about the music. As you get to the end of The Hobbit, they start to link in to the Lord of the Rings movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a great scene um, just as uh, uh, Bilbo Baggins is back in Hobbiton and um, Gandalf talks about the ring. And just in the background, you can hear the track from Lord of the Rings that they always play whenever the ring's mentioned. Yes. And I'm thinking they could never have done these films the Uh, right way around. No. They had to do it this way. It was so cool. 
But, Would that yeah. be the same thing with Star Wars? Or are we just talking out of our ass now for the last what? We so, might be, but I read minutes. an article today that, um, oh, I forgot the name, Flyfly is coming back to Disney+. Plus. Oh, that, I, I'm hearing so many good things about that. So. Firefly is brilliant. The original series was just completely underrated. And uh, yeah, anyway, we're not on films. No. We're, uh, we uh, supposedly, we are uh, Office 365 consultants. Yeah, we should. I'm just going to ask you to speak a, close, a bit closer to the microphone. Oh, okay. That's all I'm going to ask yeah. you to do. Gotcha. I don't particularly want to turn it up. Yeah, sure. So, That's okay. All right. So we'll cut in now and say i can just kiss the mic right now because we're getting new mics new mics new yes mics. we're having a bit of an upgrade yes so that we cool yeah you can eat this mic you yeah. can do whatever you want with it mm -hmm. put your cool. trousers up marine i didn't mean that <laughs> oh no <laughs> okay okay just because it's got a big head on the mic no i'm gonna have to cut it's all this out okay is this a pg-18 kind of podcast no. all right we anyway. started off by saying hey we're doing back to basics what are we actually going to cover today and um you came up with a, a bit of an idea, and then I kind I of built on it, and then since then we've been talking about it, because we've talked about content types and, and a bit yes. on content architecture. Then we talked about intranet, so how you present yes. that stuff. Yes, and then and you said, site hey, architecture as well. That's the one we started with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we started mentioning lists and stuff. And then I think between hmm. the two of us, we kind of worked out, okay, Steve has a bunch of questions here. Um, so let's throw some of these questions on the board. Yes. And it kind of made you think, so hopefully it'll make everybody else think. Yeah. I, I was actually amazed. So I, I'm, I'm just going to do like a little internet marketing. I was actually amazed at your second question. <laughs> so now everybody needs to stay around to hear what the second question was. Oh, well, if they're staying around, I think the last question was the best one. Okay. okay but anyway, okay. yeah, no, okay. no, I get it. So I asked the question of what is the, is the ratio in a, in a kind of standard organization, you know, in a in kind mm -hmm. of business between data items and documents? Yeah. Because we always think about preparing document libraries and all that kind of stuff. Cause well, when we're coming from our governance yep. uh, aspect, we are always like, okay, we need to have a solution for OneDrive, for SharePoint, um teams all around the content yeah all the communications i get yeah. that too we also talked about the fact that um migration is is something we'll talk about on a future podcast yes. to do a back to basics yeah. on migration so we've kind of reserved that one but i think it's the migration that drives you into the document path i think so because it's so easy when you have a list of something or a, a, a table or whatever to actually export that into an Excel file and then just put the Excel file somewhere. Yeah, which is what everybody does, For of course. archiving purposes, yep. yeah. And, and then it's a little bit like, you know, when you pack up your Christmas things for your Christmas tree. So when you get them out at the end of the year, the baubles you need first or the bit for the top of the tree is never in the box where you want it. So you have this box. <laughs> of, oh, yes, all the Christmas tree things are there. That's perfect. But then it takes you an hour to find the one that you go put at the top, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, you do that by putting all this data into a document like a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. You can't actually search on net. Well, you can search on the data, but yeah. when you get the results back, you just get a bunch of files. You don't get a reference to the line of text in Excel that you're actually trying to get to. True. So that, that was kind of my first question was what that ratio is between data and documents. And it kind yeah. of made us think though that actually data is important and it's a yeah. key part of it and oh we... absolutely but if we're talking about a whole into a whole as an organization i mean there I, i'm sure there's much more data because you get all the dynamic stuff for all the yes, erp stuff all your warehouses all your entries for all but we don't think about those being on microsoft 365 no that's true but They're i'm, I'm saying tenants. as an organization yeah. kind of way but if we look from office 365 way and, and we're leaving out dynamics um i would definitely say that we definitely focus much more on content than we focus yeah, on data which is actually kind of weird it is weird but it's quite i think it's down to the file shares and what we actually hate what we've done for all of our life is we've saved documents we've yeah saved files we've put file shares in for files we've got folders for files so yeah. that's where we're at. 
Yeah. But the question is, truly, just for from a perspective of a Office 365 or a tenant, um, I wanted to know what the question of data and docs were. Because if we think about lists and forms, then they're all based on data lines, data mm-hmm. pieces of content. Mm-hmm. And that is so granular, it allows you to do so much with it. We're going to talk True. about yeah. Power BI, I guess, a bit later on. But, you know, there's so much more information there. So then we, we talked about that. And then you talked about a cool thing you did. So I made a note yes. on the board here. Moraine did a cool thing today. Yes, because I actually had a process that was document-oriented, and I turned that into data-oriented. Data-oriented? Yes. Woo-hoo. I have a customer, and they actually uh, wanted uh, for... Well, they, they had a process going on for um, things that were really going wrong into the company. So then uh, somebody had to write down a little document from starting from a template in SharePoint, save it there, and then it had to disappear for that person or for everyone else. And just the core team of people could look at the document and then take so measures. Sta- standard access control, yeah. restricted view, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, exactly, okay. exactly. And uh, while we were talking through about how we would solve that, we actually, at some point, uh, came into thinking, well, what if we just put that data in a list? That was our first idea. Let's put that in a list. And then with Power Apps, we could create a nice little shell around it that we would have a nice form to look at. And then we actually thought, okay, but... What about forms? <laughs> because in forms, everybody in the organization can write it down. They can just send it in. And then we can have a little workflow, a little power automate magic, which was actually super easy. And it worked from the first time, okay, which just never happens. Does that mean it's still magic? No. That but means it's dead easy. <laughs> it's no magic it, anymore. Yeah, power automate magic, a little bit of power automate magic, but actually it's normal. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it it's cool. dead anyway, easy so now. So you pulled the data from the form? Yeah, and then we just write it into a uh, SharePoint list where only those few people have access to it, and then they can manage the whole process of taking corrective a- measures around that uh, item and just do the whole thing. Cool. So data. We, we probably do more with data than we think we do. Yeah. So then we wanted to prove it. So we, yes. we kind of wanted to prove this. So we kind of thought, okay, we've got all these applications on Microsoft 365. And when I went on to my in-preview version of Microsoft 365, I find a whole bunch of new shit that I didn't even yep. never never used before. So we went the through things everyone. that you collect on the bottom of the list. Yeah. Yes, I guess it is. Uh, or things that you read about, but you never actually go to test or play with. You know, Microsoft released this and nobody ever used that. Yeah. So we went down them all. So we went... Literally all the applications, to be fair. Yep. So, you know, we did PowerPoint, for example, mm-hmm. and we did Excel, and we did bookings Sway and Sway. And, we, did, yeah. we did the whole thing mm-hmm. that was on the tenant. Yeah. I've got an E3, and I've got everything turned on because yep. I never know when I'm going to use it. Mm-hmm. And then we basically did a finger in the air. No, not that finger, Moraine. A finger in the air, <laughs> sort of just where we kind of guessing which way the wind is blowing yep. to say whether it was content and data. Yes. And so I wonder how many of our listeners are going, I bet data won. But they I, didn't. No. Content won. Uh, they, yeah. they, let's start that again. So they were thinking content would be the strength. But it did win, but only by one. Yes. So we found 13 content-oriented apps and 12 yeah. data-based apps. And that's excluding dynamics and stuff. Yeah. So, mm. and that, uh, yeah, we did. Oh, that's interesting. So we didn't include the uh, automated robot stuff in Power Automate. Yeah. So that's another data item. Yes. It's So there we are balanced. Yeah. Uh, what's the fourth one that's in Power Platform? Workflow? Robots? There's four, isn't there? Tell me this. Power, Power BI. BI. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, we did, yeah. we did that too. That's all right. Cool. So, yeah. So basically that instinct of mine that said hey there's just as much data as documents actually turned out to be true Mm -hmm. but nobody ever talks about it poor old data but why is it that we like to write down documents if we want to make like a weight decision and 
why is it uh, well this is how i feel like if i if i want to make something insightful if i want to make up my mind about something i'll create a table but if i want to make myself sound very eloquent and very whatever i'll write a document i i don't know i honestly mm. don't know i was thinking uh, about um if i do meetings and decisions i use post-its so I get people to do a bit of a brainstorm. I put things on post-its and then I yeah. kind of divide them up. And then I take a photograph of it. So I've got a record. So now I have one document, which is yes, now you a have photograph. Content you have about content, your data. But yeah. it's got my data in, which I can't do anything about it, which is fine. Obviously you type it up and you yeah. do whatever you want to do with it. Um, but uh, it, is, it, it, it is an interesting concept that we tend to put it into packets and then we manage the packets. Mm-hmm. And then we lose so much of the power of that that data because it's become content. Yeah. And I wonder why the hell we do that. So we're going to change the world, guys. You people listening to this, now is your chance to change, to actually think about how useful that data is going to be and package it in such a way that you're able to kind of pull these stuff together. So, you know, whether you, you actually, instead of putting things into a spreadsheet, which is instinctively how we tend to do stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and don't get me wrong, there's, there's a perfect tool for managing lists of data in Excel. Yeah. If Excel is used as a tool, not as a, a storage. Yeah. So, so please don't get us wrong. We're not suggesting for one second that that's the case. But you are limited. So, for example, I've got a perfect example. At the moment, I am uh, rolling out uh, uh, MS Teams to an organization. The organization doing it in waves. Mm -hmm. So I have lists of names, and, of course, they're in columns and things. And now there's some dependencies, so they need Intune installed and all that kind of stuff. So I am running manipulated Excel spreadsheets to be able to work out in my wave X how many of them have already got you t- uh, um, in tune, in tune yeah. installed and then i need to tr- treat those differently too so i am manipulating the data but i see i'm using excel as a storage device as a mm-hmm. tool rather than anything else um, but i could equally do that in power bi except i'm not smart enough but i could do it in power bi and that would then leave those data items to be reusable so i could use that person's identity or authentic or authenticator or UPN or whatever that identity and actually say yes this is their status or these are the tasks that person's doing uh, this is you know these are now into a training course but of course instead I'm I'm not being able to do that because I have it all stuck in an Excel spreadsheet so I have the data being reused if I thought about it more and treated it as data mm-hmm. then I could do more with it and it okay. may not be that I need to do it now of course so in 10 years time silly number Sometime in the future, if I want to manipulate <laughs> that data, you know, like next month, yeah, um, mm-hmm. then I've got to go start looking for a spreadsheet that doesn't actually tell me anything unless I obviously title it and, and all that kind of stuff yeah. properly. So it is easy to, to use these contents as tools to store your data, but you potentially lose so much. So we kind of saying, hey, think about it, guys. Rethink about it. Think about using lists. Think about you know, using forms to collect that data. Think about keeping that data in its raw format and then using some of the great tools that Microsoft has got to offer that would allow you to turn it into a story or a piece of content or information you can use. Absolutely, because... Good. So can now we drink whiskey? Because we've got a great whiskey to drink and I'm really, really waiting for it. So I think we've done the podcast. That's, yeah, let's... Let's, let's do that then. Yeah. All right, no. Now, one, one more thing then. <laughs> All right, good. To be honest, well, uh, because Microsoft has been really pushing a lot of new stuff on the lists front, and I know we're not a um, we're not a kind of podcast that delivers news and stuff like that. But I woke up this morning very, very, very early, way too early, with the news that um, Microsoft is now giving you. <laughs> Um, lists when you're a consumer. So if you've got a, a Hotmail or an Outlook address, you can now create lists. So, so was 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 this list that woke you up still in its pajamas at 
four o'clock this morning. It kind of <laughs> rocked you from side to side when you woke up with this list. It was content, not data. <laughs> she she was content, not data. I, yes. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That thing. It's cool. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think that there's more and more things going into into the commercial side. We've also had the announcement this week, of course, that Microsoft have now moved out of preview the ability to connect your private tunes, your live dot com MS Teams, not tunes, MS Teams together, so you can take part in the yeah. conversation and connect to your work teams. So they're really pushing a lot of free services to people around the world. It, it's smart because people get this stuff free. So there must be hundreds of millions of users that have got live.com accounts that they're using for free. And now all of a sudden they can connect them to their company accounts. Yeah. Or their, you know. Oh, well. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So what's a consumer going to use lists for? It's a really good question. I've got no idea. Accounting? That, that was actually my, my second thing that I wanted to mention around that topic. Like, why would you want to do that? Well, well, then again, why not? I mean, you would just want to give everyone, like, a little taste of what you've got. And so, yeah. I, if, if you take a look at the list templates that you can create just out of the box, like, personal lists that you... Because that's also, like, a brilliant thing that you can now do, like... SharePoint 2013 lists would all be on, on SharePoint sites and now we can create personal lists. But if you take a look at the templates that you can create, it's like a meal plan, a diet things, like a sports tracker thing. So these are all things that, in my opinion, doesn't really don't really belong into an, an organization or a, a corporate office. Wow. Didn't even know you could do that. You could have a, a meal plan. Yeah. Okay. Like a sports track, they're they're just the default I've, templates. I've if you create new, I never realized that they were at that level. Because I, if I'm if I'm going to look again, I'm the same as that. The, we're accusing people of not thinking enough about this and just assuming you'll go and put it in a spreadsheet or a table on Word. But I'm, mm. I I go to a list because I have a specific reason for using a list. Yeah, absolutely. I never really think about yeah. you know exploring around it. So. That's interesting. So I can have a list to deal with meal plans. But if I'm thinking about organizing a conference, then I might want to store meal plans in there for particular kinds of peoples and, and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, th there's there's ways of, of using it. That was actually my demo, like all about meals. Like, do you want vegetarian? Do you want halal? Do you have other restrictions? And, yeah. and then you have a workflow that can actually send that data as a... Um, uh, as a request to one butcher or another butcher. Yeah. Oh, cool. I like that. Or Shop. you could just sit there and collate the data so you've got a list yeah. of how many you need and, and what you need yeah, to do. exactly. I think we do a lot more things with data than we think, and I think we then put it into Excel spreadsheets and hide it. So yeah. um, I think that we need to, when it comes about going back to basics, we need to consider documents and data all right, in terms of the types of uh, information flows that a team would use on their site. So, uh, off the board here, yeah, we've got a few things here. So, um, is a document minutes of a meeting content or data? Well, my first idea was their content because it's a document. But then again, what do you store in minutes of meeting? It's like, these are all the, the topics that we discussed and these are all the outcomes that we discussed and these are all the tasks that we need to do and these might be risks that we need to be aware of. So they're all lists. They're, they're all data. All data. Items. Yeah. I, I say this to my customers all the time. Yeah, no, we have a meeting and we need to store the agendas and the minutes. And I yeah. said, well, what comes out of your meetings? There's basically two things that comes out of a meeting, a decision and an action. Yes. Okay. And there'll be quantities of, of those. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of risks though. Yeah, but I'd not we don't talk about, that, about that enough. Yeah. No, we don't. Mm -hmm. uh, but so maybe you're right. I'm now going to change that story when I talk to them and say that there will be risks that come out because you'll assess whether something's right or wrong. Then there'll be decisions made and then there'll be actions. And they're yep. data items. Yep. And when those actions are done and completed, then I want to go and mark it off. But I don't want to have to open a document and put a checkbox in it. You know, it needs to be somewhere that it can be managed. And, you know, like in an app, 
what if we had an app where as I come out of my meetings, we've all agreed the actions that I need, and I can immediately open my phone, and there they all are listed. Oh, and look, there's the ones from the meetings yesterday and the day before. We could call it something. Um, um, to do. Wonderlust. The- Wonderlust. <laughs> oh! Oh, yeah, let's rename it to to do. <laughs> yeah, because those would be my things that I need to do. And those would come off out of various planner plans. And, and yeah. as you can imagine, data, so to do was on our data side of, of things that we have to kind of mm. manage and, and do. But yeah, so... No, know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm better than that. Yeah, but I, I know you are, my yesterday, friend. I always believe that. <laughs> yesterday, I had my weekly change and adoption meeting for a big customer. And I wrote down all the actions, all the topics, and I made a really nice powerpoint presentation <laughs> with a list of items that we needed to talk about and a list of actions that we need to take fail yes fail. <laughs> yes but what's interesting but of it course, looks so good <laughs> <laughs> but but in some ways i get it i mean i i would potentially do the same i used to have a, a really good friend of mine who's now retired and lives in portugal all right okay. he's got a he's got it's a not place, a bad just, way no just actually it's spain i think but it's mm. south spain yeah anyway but uh, he used to send me all of his um, tender documents as PowerPoint presentations. So because he could do yeah. so much more with them, he would have a, an A4-sized PowerPoint, yeah, yeah. but then he could box it up and do whatever he wanted. So all of his proposals for work were always done as PowerPoints. But you want to be able to go to your clients and say, hey, these are the things we need to do. These are the tasks. And yeah. generally, when it comes to change and adoption, they are group tasks that have to be owned by people mm-hmm. or agreed or a direction. Yeah. I kind of get where you're coming from. So what we actually need to be able to do is we need to be able to make those tasks in to-do and everything else, but then we need to be able to drop them into PowerPoint. We need to visualize them. them. Visualize yeah. them. Great word. Yeah. Great word. Yeah, so that's that's what we need to kind of do. Yeah. So so our, our guess our first or second or third, I've got no idea how many points we've made so far, but when it comes back to basics, our our message here is that collate them, but try and keep them in the data form, in their raw form. Yeah. So that you can use them in your them. raw form. But if necessary, try to elevate them yep. if, you ne- if you have a special purpose that you need to be filled. Now, left field, kind of left field, which okay. has just come to mind. It's not on the board. Virgo, when it's in uh, line with the Aquarius... Aquarius. Yeah, I'm in Aquarius. We're actually in Aquarius now. Okay. You didn't realize that, did you? Right. Um, Don't lose this. Okay. Uh, Yes. Yes. Microsoft's latest strategic tool is based on data. Is it the games thing that they just bought as an entry to the metaverse that we discussed last time? Oh, right. Nope. No, okay. We've seen examples of it. We've been talking about it for a while, and it's about to go live. <sighs> Loopy-de-loop-loop. Loopy-de-loop-loop. Do you know that it's now in Teams already? Yes. Oh, shit. I didn't think you'd yes. know that. I yes. saw it this morning. I already looked at it, and I just played a little with it. It's... I know Daryl Webster is doing a lot, of, a lot of communications and a lot of stuff around it, and I really need to take like a good look. Add it to your list. Yes, yeah. <laughs> out of my list of to do in my wonder yes. lists. Yeah, it's really neat, isn't it? It's that, and it's hidden away at the bottom yeah. of the uh, of the mess of the yeah. the chat. Yeah, thing. I'm and thinking that's loop. Yeah, I was teaching, yeah because it's got taught. the new the new uh, icon and all. Yeah. and yeah, it looks but but brilliant. they've used they've used. I'm all excited about this. I'm losing my voice. <laughs> um, but what they've done is they've taken old fashioned pieces of data and turned them into something new yeah like like a word table and stuff like that yeah Yeah. that's really really very cool i haven't had a chance to play with it yet i saw it today and went got a follow-on number that that was neat but loop is all based on data yes yeah so so we are do not underestimate the need and the use of data in terms of you know, being able to present that. Yeah, and absolutely. Because this, keep going. Then. Well, one of the things that you can do is with those loop components, you can put them on a page. Yes. So you actually can make content out of that data. Yes, and uh, I, I've been using the same thing in Excel. Yeah. Creating charts in Excel, you can then list that uh, chart mm-hmm. as a, an item. So name it. Yeah. 
point to it on the page and it will just appear as a chart on the page from the library. Then you can just get somebody updating the Excel and the charts will then get reloaded. Hmm. So, um, yeah, so I, I agree with that. Um, where was I going to go with that before you oh, said that? No, sorry. no, it's not your fault. Um, so loop and data. It doesn't matter. Let's kind of move on a little bit. Um, we Our first back to basics was about content types. Yeah. And, of course, I don't think we even mentioned data nope. or lists. We nope. focused on the fact that content type, content object for documents, et cetera, et cetera. And to be honest, every time I hear the word content type, I'm always thinking about Word documents. I, ne- I actually never think about putting those in lists. Uh, I agree. But if you actually have list content types at the top end, then you can roll up your data mm-hmm. very, very easily. Yeah. You can find your data very, very easily. Yeah. And you can recreate the list by just bringing in the content type and adding it to your list. Yeah. And it will then bring all of the columns in to go. All you've got to do then is add the views. Yeah. So if you've got an expense form that you need to do, then create it as a content type. Add it to wherever people need to fill out an expense form, for example, or an mm-hmm. expense item. And if you then need to add an extra column, boom, yeah. you put it at the top and it then appears wherever it needs to go to. So again, it's brilliant. Yeah. It is just brilliant. Yeah, I I did a a thing today where I was. You listening. did. I did a thing. Yes, okay. you did. You did a cool thing. I just did yeah. a normal thing. You did. I did the thing. <laughs> uh, actually, I had one of those days where I did a fucking thousand things. So it's just been mm. you know the last few days, but that's all right. Okay, I enjoy it. I like this job. I like this job. Hey Wendy, how you doing? Coming to join us. It's cool how she just opened up the uh, sliding door. Yeah, she just does that. She's cool. Um, so uh, I did a thing today. Yes. Yes, you so did a I thing. I wanted to create a calendar, a training calendar. Yeah. Um, but we all, we've all we talked before about how difficult it sometimes is to try and display these calendars mm-hmm. as individual items on pages and all that kind of stuff. So I went straight to a list. So straight to a list, just uh, I didn't take a template, so I built it. So I added the title and renamed it to course name or whatever. Mm-hmm. Description field, multiple lines, so you can put it in. Um, and then the start time, so date and time. And if you do it that way, you can actually filter just on the date or just on the time. So you don't, you know, if you use it as a calendar, you actually have this combined date field. Yeah. So, uh-huh. you know, show items before now or before today. Yeah. But this way, you can actually just choose a date, which was dead cool. Uh, I was also used the new webinar feature in Teams. Yeah. So people could register for training courses. So I put the the link in as a hypertext field. Mm -hmm. Um, And that gave me my calendar view, of course. And it gave me the ability to use, you know, um, what do they call that? The grid view of uh, the boxes yeah, yeah. Cool. i know there's a new card view isn't there's a there? new board view yeah, yeah and it actually view, looks like planner it but does. i i don't have it yet so i no, can't really play with it yet i so. didn't either uh, so uh, i know i saw somebody playing with it online the other day uh, but that's i don't think that's what i wanted anyway but the grid view allowed me to do on that tame page on that one page mm-hmm. uh, a view that says show me the courses still in the future because mm-hmm. i'm filtering on that wonderful field and also at the top today's courses as grids and it came out really really well and it was dead easy and i was thinking this was so much easier than it used to be i know dealing with these things i know and it just looks so much better as well absolutely with all the colors and all the formatting options that we now have my boss as boss came in and sent an email today say guys that's brilliant this whole training stuff really good and all i did was not the page together no, yes. no, I spent ages building that page <laughs> just in case my yes. boss is listening. Yes. Invoices so, will be sent. Invoices will be sent. <laughs> yes. So, I, you know, in terms of this basics and back to basics and considering data, um, I really do think that we, that we should spend more time, whenever we're thinking about documents, spend an equal amount of time considering the data and the data flows is that, that are moving around the organization. Yeah. Should this data be in a document, just like the equivalent of should this meeting not just be an email, we should now think like, should this content not be just in a, in a list? Shouldn't this be data? I, I, I think that we should break it down into its component parts. I think what you're yeah. trying to say is when we look at it, we decide, is it data or is it 
content. Exactly. And then that basically allows you to decide what needs to go on. Yeah. I also think that there's a governance aspect to this. Uh, yes. So we create these wonderful governance documents about our content types, for our documents, and our views, and our libraries, and our policies, retention. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Where are policies and retention in in lists? No, uh, you can do yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, never of course, think yeah. about doing but them. That's we the we never talk about those because it's always oh the HR contract, so oh, the uh, no. Yeah. But what about all the other things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really cool, isn't it? After twenty odd years doing this and whatever number of years you were doing, 15 years or whatever. Our com- we should do the combined n- number one of these days. Oh, no. Must be no. somewhere around 35 years between At us least. doing this At least, wow. Stuff. So much experience. Like 20 episodes ago, we said we need to think about our podcasts in a more structured way. Agreed. So we, you bought, we, not <laughs> we, you, you bought a nice whiteboard. And what do we do on it? We write down... A list of things that we need to talk our about. Yes. yes. Our structure. Um, do we need to give it a name? Patty. Patty. <laughs> Sue. Sue. Is it? Mm. Patty. Patty. And then we, we kind of need to come up with a nice acronym. <laughs> like the parental... Attitude. Testicular... Oh yeah, no, attitude, yes. The parental um, attitude to Tits Incorporated. Yeah, that's pathetic. Oh no, that's something else. <laughs> yes, pathetic. Yeah. P. Yeah. Pathetic attributes to talk independently. Let's change the name. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and anyway, oh, yes. Dear. Oh. So that would be funny if somebody just missed this episode and next time we we we, 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 we yeah we wrote down on Patty that uh, yeah but this is Patty because it's like a pad of paper so it's Patty 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 the, Patty, Patty. Patty the pad Patty. yes I just like, like Clippy that. the the clip thing it's Clippy yes this is Patty this is Patty yes okay we're gonna write it down on Patty yes all right good. I like that just because we keep talking it the whiteboard, yeah. So Paddy, but watch out with the paper that Paddy doesn't cut you. That's true. <laughs> it did. It has actually done that. Oh god. No, okay. 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 It, well, when you when you run down your finger to lift yeah. it over the top, mm-hmm. you yeah, been there. All it's right. actually good because we bought this so that we're more structured and more focused on about the things that we talk about and that we don't go off on tangents about crazy. <laughs> Things that have nothing to do with the topic that we need to talk about. So, so it's working so very well. So we now have more structured diversions. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, this is interesting. Do you know something else that strikes me as we start talking about this? Tell me. Getting the content architecture right in documents is hard. It is. Getting it right in data is it's- easily five times as hard. Because Why? You, because, because it's so granular. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a team, all right, I have, let's assume I'm a team that maintains equipment. So I'm yeah. the, the team, the maintenance team. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I have instruction manuals. Mm-hmm. I have work instructions. I have process documents. Um, I have support documents. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have these kind of documents that allow me to do my job correctly. Yes. But then if I think about how much data that team would use, so and this is straight off the top of my head, of course, but let's just go here with, obviously, tasks. Mm-hmm. We have routine times. We have um, timetables for uh, things that need to be done. Mm-hmm. We have communications with different parts of the business. We have, we'll have workflows and approval workflows. We'll have no end of data about the equipment we're maintaining, yeah. Yeah. parts numbers, suppliers. Um, uh, contact details for those suppliers, maintenance contracts, I guess that's contracts, but dates when they need to be renewed, uh, yes. people's timetables, yep. uh, people requesting changes. Yeah. Um, uh, um, um, yes, exactly. I, at yeah. least twice as many yeah. data, if not five times as many data as documents. And yet we don't put the priority on it. No. I because have maybe, that- maybe it's because it's so simple. And that's also why in a document library, documents are actually portrayed as a table. 
I have a piece of paper here. How important is this piece of paper? Probably, it could be very, very, no, very the important. the piece of paper itself is useless, but if those seven you're holding, lottery You're holding numbers, up a lottery ticket. Yeah, I was going to drop so, that okay. in and let people work it out, but now you've uh, told them. It, it doesn't matter, that's okay. fine, but we get there. So it's a lottery ticket. Yeah. So the most important piece of paper here is 10, 15, 21, 23, and 43. Yes. So the paper itself is just actually holding it together. But isn't it... Isn't that your proof that you are the owner of those numbers? So it's contract. It is. Now, that's even more interesting because all, of, all, all that a contract is, is a series of agreed actions. True. That I sign to say that I confirm that, yes, I will work to these lists of rules and mm. regulations. Mm -hmm. So the contract itself is just a proof of agreement. Yes. So that's the document. Yes. But the data inside the document is actually where I do most of the work. It, there's another dimension to this that we haven't even thought about, is there? So how do, how do you manage the architecture of things like contracts? So everybody thinks about, yes, we need to know that it's not touched and it's, it stays the same and it's not edited and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to using it or utilizing it, it's going to be down to the detail inside the contract yes. that will make or break us. The nitty-gritty, yeah. But we don't actually do anything within SharePoint to be able to find that or identify it. Maybe that's where a loop will come in. Now, imagine that you'll be able to say, this is... F I don't know. Mm, I'm no, just, okay, I'm okay, just okay. surmising. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I need, to, I need to... You're what? Surmising. Surmising, okay. Yes, I'm surmising. Okay. I'm surmising a potential use of it. That, that might be valid or not but you have to take the whole contract out and read it from beginning to end yeah. to find out whether any of it's relevant yes so how do you pull those bits out there so that you can make it easier to identify the relevance rather than having to put paralegal out of a job by having to and, and, and maybe there's more than that i mean um uh, b b b b kpis um mm -hmm. within a list yeah, this is kind of... Well, a you want to make those things smart so that you can measure them and that you can do S-A-R-T with them. That's one, yes. yes. If only you could smell smart. Spell smart, smart. I'm yeah. giving in today. No, no, the, I, M, the M is for measurable, but the, the other letters I just forgot. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, now you're going to start making me think about it. I think there's some value here, isn't there? And, so imagine that we've got Power BI that actually brings all of these particular clauses together into one document. And there are tools that do this. I yes. Mean, let's be honest. Yes. So yes, your contract is these 17 clauses and it pulls them together. Yeah. Um, so imagine if the contract you sign is actually virtual, but it's actually a set of data that says what you are agreeing to is 7763, 7762-7768. What's excluded is... 14, 14, 13, and somehow you can replicate that data set as a report that you sign against and say, yes, that's what I'm agreeing to. And then you don't need to have paper. On a blockchain. On a blockchain. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a good job nobody else can hear this great idea yeah. because otherwise... Otherwise, yeah. people would be... <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I thought this was going to be easier than... But we've, or maybe we've gone too deep. And, We've and gone way too deep yeah. in the rabbit hole. Yes. Back to basics. Yes. Back to basics, yeah. So let's let's just round it up here because it's 45 minutes in. Already? Already. Oh, God. So much enjoy. But I have got a lot to cut out. We've been a bit naughty and rude on a yeah, number okay. of occasions. That's okay. Um, so back to basics. First thing is don't just focus on the documents, okay? Yeah. Balance, your applications are balanced between document or content and data. Mm -hmm. So put as much effort when it when you talk about governance uh, around data as you do about documents. Yeah, and beware of the rabbit hole. Yes, because <laughs> when you start thinking about access requirements for lines inside a list, mm -hmm. many of which have never been yet created. Yeah. All right. Power apps will come into the fore. So if yes, this, if the line of this content is uh, about X only these people are allowed to see items around X, then workflow suddenly needs to secure that line of that, that data 
and don't let everybody see it. So when I look at that list, I only get to see items in the list I'm allowed to see. Yeah. An audience is not access, audience is viewing. Yes, so you exactly. Can't just yes, look audiences. yes. Very, yeah, very big difference. So I, I actually don't know. Sorry, please continue. No, no, no. I think I'm just sort of saying that uh, when I think about this data stuff, and, and it is a bigger subject, and I don't know, I just don't know why it never hits the priority. And I'm thinking back to some task lists that I've got to do for a client. And one of those things very early on was, you know, they're using a calendar to do something and it'd be better if they use a list, but it never makes the high enough priority for me to actually get around to yeah. to do it. It's because it's it's the way how Microsoft put uh, events on as a list yes. available on the internet. Yeah. I actually just had a little epiphany. Ooh. I found our thirteenth data app. That we missed. Oh. Access. <laughs> MS Access. You said which... we were not going to go down a rabbit hole. No, so. it's still there. It, you, it's, we missed it. No, It's not right. on the list. Wow. Boom. Yeah. Nice. All right. Okay, cool. So, we want to end off, I think, with your famous bit. Oh, okay. Yes, that's at the end of the sheet. So you're you're right. I mean, a lot of what we're talking about is is these documents, is combined data together, and we've talked about it before, uh, five or six podcasts ago. This data information and knowledge um, uh, information, and it's even more uh, relevant when you think about data. So data, uh, I was talking about before, is one piece of information. All right. Yeah. So sorry, data is a fact. All right, that is useless unless it's linked to another fact. And then those mm -hmm. two pieces of information, uh, information is created from those two pieces of data. And you know, yep. we've not even drank any really serious whiskey yet, and I can't talk straight. So data, information, and knowledge. Yes. And then information turns into knowledge when it's applied to a person that can then make some choices based upon that information. Yep. And the problem is, what I was just thinking about when you pointed that out, was that if this information is mixed together into a document, it's much more difficult for it to be knowledge. So we have a lot of these topics. I know we're not going to get into this subject no, here, but we have topics ahead. where yeah. we bring them together as knowledge items. Yeah. But if you combine your data into one document, you, you're missing out on that opportunity of separating that data so for that information to become knowledge. So, for example, which of those tasks are relevant to me from that meeting? Mm -hmm. I have to go looking for everybody else's tasks and identify the ones that are just mine yeah. from that document. And so I never actually get to do the knowledge. It's just always going to be information. Mm -hmm. So by storing data inside content, you're restricting your ability to become a knowledge organization. Oh, mm. I like that. I do too. Yeah. That's all came out of Paddy's head. Yeah. Nice. All right. Cool, cool. Okay. So now off to the second important bit of the day which is the whiskey. And we're actually going to potentially one of my favorite distilleries that I've never visited. Yeah. We've, we've talked about this so many times because we tasted it on our Whiskey at Ease journey. Mm -hmm. uh, we had journey the 12-year-old. 2.2, wasn't it? 2.2 yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, and we re mentioned it again in this Whiskey It Is, our latest edition, which went out live actually last week, mm -hmm. where we talk about uh, a whiskey in a winter jumper. Yes. Uh, if you haven't seen that, you've just got to watch it. Just watch the first five minutes till we get to the Chihuahua bit, because that's hilarious, because we had a Maker's Mark bourbon, and it had a jumper on it. And yeah, we, a Christmas yeah, that jumper. Was a Christmas yeah. jumper, that was pretty neat. But we have a reference in that those barrels are sent over, and Deaston is one of those uh, whiskies. Which isn't the answer to episode two, by the way, if you have watched that video and you're watching this. <laughs> all right. Um, but yes. this is one of those that uses yeah. those, those bourbon barrels mm -hmm. uh, because of where they come from. So Deanston. Yeah. And I love this distillery. I love yeah. the idea that this whiskey is made without using electricity from the grid. Yes. They have their own water mill and that just... And water yeah, generated. awesome. Yeah. Now, what we... We had the Deanston 12-year-old on our Whiskey at Ease uh, bit. But um, 
I got this bottle of uh, virgin oak, uh, Deanston virgin oak. Uh, I got that. You too. And I only had it for two weeks, and well, one third is already gone. So let's just say it's a very popular new whiskey in our household. Uh, my missus is uh, really fond of this one, um, and me too. Uh, because it's got a lot of character, it's it's really oily, it's got a lot of depth, um, and it I just love it. So what they've done at Deanston is they brought these, um, they brought in these Maker's Mark uh, casks, put the whiskey in, and then they finished this on virgin oak, which, as we kind of read, is just new barrels that didn't contain any liquid beforehand. No. So you you get a, a lot of that really earthy, yeah, the oaky, yeah. yeah, it's gorgeous. The thing about Deanston is it's just a real Scotch whiskey company. Yeah, you know they uh, we I've seen a few of the videos with their uh, their master blender, uh, and he's just real Scottish through and through. But it's a lovely, a lovely drink. Yep. Color, let's hit the color because it's. The color that whiskey should be. Yes. It's not too light or anything else. And I think officially they call it... What's the official line for the color? We it was something gold. Was the official yes. uh, uh, thingy. I've lost. Luscious gold or luscious something? Gold. Let's go with luscious yeah. gold. <laughs> I can't find it now. I've lost it. Ah. But uh, but doesn't matter. It's it's kind of that burnt amber. Yeah. Um, wonderful color. And it looks warm and inviting as you say when i swirl it around in the glass mm-hmm. it is very oily isn't yeah. it it really takes yeah. a while for the tears to form yeah and and that contributes to the 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 amazing richness that you get in your mouth so the mouthfeel is very mm, it's mature it's mature yes but it's not it's a no age it's not, whiskey i know it's, it's but it feels it's cheap it, exactly. It is just like the Tamnavulan and the Paul John that we had last yeah. time. This is not an expensive whiskey. And it just, to me, it tastes like, to me, it tastes like it could be double the price easily. You can tell it's not a, an aged whiskey. Um, it's not smooth. Mm, it's got rough edges. Mm. But that's what I like because that gives it a bit of character as well. Yeah, it 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 is. Um, you don't you expect it to be the way it is, um, and and it's got a a burn that comes quite a long time afterwards on the finish, doesn't it? That's really very pleasant. So, so the harshness is really right at the back at the top of the tongue. Yeah. So it's not in that normal kind of under the tongue place where you where you get it from. Um, but uh, I love the orange tones that kind of go all the way through this. The citrusy zest. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's that burnt orange on the nose. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah. I, I love the fact that the vanilla is not overly in there because it, it, didn't, it didn't come close to any sherry barrel. So it's just bourbon, ex-bourbon and, and that virgin oak. And you would think that there would be lots of vanilla on there, but it's not. I kind of understand why you like this. Yeah. The finish is better than most, as you say, double, triple price bottles. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, put this on your list. This is lovely. Deanston, I really do like Deanston. As yes. I said before, I think it's a lovely place. Uh, it's on the side of the river. They divert the river off underneath the distillery, so they take their water from there but only after it's made electricity to actually yeah. power it's and cool. warm the barrels which is pretty cool um, it's a highland whiskey by the way yeah 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 it, it is a touch sweet um and, mm-hmm. and as you as i read through these tasting notes here sweet barley in the nose sweetiness on the palate um and that uh, they call it a sweet oakiness at the end but i really like that uh satisfying light spice they call it and it really is very pleasant it's still there now. I, I mean, I've yep. stopped drinking it kind of a, a minute ago. And uh, so you've had this bottle two weeks. Yeah. And I can't work out why you've got any of it left. 
<laughs> I know it's and it's it, it's, it's been a great comforting whiskey. You it would, is. Yeah. It is. And that's what I like about Decent. They they're one of those no fuss just great whiskey kind of companies. Oh, I like it. Yes. So no big marketing stories, not like Ardbeck with their latest creation, with their fermentation yeah. that's gone oh, yes, crazy. That uh, no, these are just like, this is what we do. This is what it is. And we don't charge you crazy prices and we just deliver. We under-promise and over-deliver, I think. That's, that's what they do. Yeah. Very, very nice. So it's the Deaston Virgin Oak. Uh, it's their standard cask range. Um, it's on the River Teeth in Scotland. It's actually, we looked at this before, it's between kind of Glasgow and Edinburgh, isn't it, in that area? I am right. Uh, it's way more Is up it? there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. No, maybe it is. I can see it in the middle, but I think uh, <clears throat> uh, I'm in the wrong place. So, Because um, I know it was on the journey that we, we started off with Ledeig. Uh, wasn't that the one where we went to yeah, this, yeah, we went up. Listen, so, guys, yeah. I might anyway. have co- that's completely yeah. wrong, but you can catch up on all of this on our Whiskey at Ease YouTube videos uh, where we kind of taste and look at this stuff. And the, the, the latest one has got a brilliant story on where Maker's Mark and how he actually decided what it was going to taste like and what grains were going to go into his whiskey without actually distilling anything. Uh, uh, which is uh, a really cool story, yeah. uh, all to do with bread. So uh, have a listen to that. It's uh, it was a it's a great video blog. All right, cool. I don't know how to round this up. I I think there is this is probably the first time we've. I think that's where I'm going to go with this. I don't think any of us, and probably a lot of our colleagues in this industry as well, have thought about data in any depth. Or, or any requirements. There will be some exceptions, all right? Of course. But from my perspective, um, and I don't know whether it's because I'm trying to hit the highlights for an organization and get value out there quickly from an agile perspective. So let's think documents because that's what everybody works on. But there's an Maybe underlying Maybe that's where importance. the biggest problems are. Because data is just maybe easier to... Oh, anyway. No, I'll, no, I'll let you finish. Thought, no, no, that's valid. That's a really valid thought, isn't it? I can't find my documents. Yeah. So I can't find You never what have I that need. with your data. I, I I can't find my data. Well, wow. yeah, you do, but anyway, yeah. No, 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 I get it. I yeah. I do understand that. You, but you're right. I think most people um ever since the PC was invented, it was all about the document and then it was all hmm. about the spreadsheet and then it was mm-hmm. all about the the presentation. And it's almost as if we're actually looping back, he said, choosing the word carefully, <laughs> looping back into the fact that we're having to manage the, our data. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. And I think um, when I start looking at Paddy tomorrow, when I work in this office and I kind of look at what we've wrote on here, I think it's going to um, morph into a bit of a presentation. I can feel it. Mm. So, in a short, consider the data. Consider the information flows within the organization. Then consider all the great data tools that you have in Microsoft 365 and make Do- sure that you put them into your governance so that they're controlled and then put them into your plan to roll them out because businesses need to manage their data better and bigger. Microsoft are moving towards breaking down things into data, into smaller packets, and that's what Loop is going to do uh, and will do. So, yeah. Put, uh, put data up there with those documents and consider how you're going to deliver value in your Microsoft 365. Sounds awesome. Cool. Couldn't say it any better. And that takes us exactly into an hour and a few seconds. So there we go. Exactly into an hour and a few seconds. Well, it was yes. an hour until yes. I added the few seconds. Oh, so, yes. yeah, we've, of course. You know. Good. All right. Cool. Let's not drag this on. So no, no, we shouldn't. I'm just thinking about it so much now. Yeah. I'm turning my back to Paddy. There we go. Yes. I can kind of focus on uh, on what we're doing. I'm looking at the whiskey instead. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> this is back to basics uh, data, thinking about uh, where we're going. And uh, we've already decided that our next one is going to be back to do basics on migration. Migration, yeah. Which, of course, is uh, about that information that needs to go into this beautiful environment that you've created. Uh, for your customer or have you created for your business so that's good 
So anyway, Sai Steve is going to say goodbye. I can't speak today because I'm using somebody else's false teeth, obviously. So my words have not been... Bleh, they've been coming out in all kinds of wrong order. But I hope you've enjoyed it anyway and had fun. So Steve is saying goodbye and handing over to Moraine to have the final word. Bye. We are not millennials. We are mature. Steve may be more than Maren. Maturing the business like whiskey in a barrel.